Hey everybody, welcome in to episode 45 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. Um, Friday night coming at you, thinking about the Ingenuity helicopter with that intro. Still like that little guy. Don't talk about him as much because, well, he's just doing his thing. But, John, how's it going this week? Sorry, the... uh... Younger generations have a little bit better off than we do. They have access to things that we never had. If that gives you any hint. It's been a, it's been a rough week. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, not really sure where to go <laughs> with that one, uh, honestly. Uh, yeah, I know. It didn't mean to be super down and depressing. It was just like, ah. Uh... If only we had access to stuff when we were a bit younger. Yeah. We might be uh we might be lazy. You never know. Nah. Well, growing pains. Uh I'm I'm guessing that's a play on growing pains, but growing pains. Kirk, you there? Okay. I'm guessing John. that's a that's a no. What would you like me to do, Chris? Oh. Oh, are you back? Well, it wouldn't be a, a uh episode if we didn't have at least a little bit of technical difficulties. I can I I can hear you guys. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, can we can hear you. Okay. Sweet. I was just uh I was making comment uh, as we run through some technical difficulties. Uh <clears throat> growing pains, I'm assuming is like a clever wordplay on growing pains, but growing pains. My name is Kirk and the star of Growing Pains growing up was Kirk Cameron. So I so a little yes, a little growing pains. Growing pains. And if you guys don't remember, there's actually they had a character named Boner. That was Kirk Cameron's best friend. They had they let a character named Boner slip through the uh, the uh, censor, which is kind of hilarious for the '80s. It, it, you would say it was a bit of an error. Yeah, somehow uh, you know what the censors were like. They just didn't know what a what a boner was. <laughs> um. But uh, anyway, well, I had, I had a fun day. Actually, I, I picked up one of my friend's kids from school because they couldn't and it was snowing and it was cold. And you guys have done this recently. I'm sh- like, John, I'm sure you picked up a kid at school. It's a whole whoop-de-doo. Like you got to have ID or like they you swing in picking up. But the funniest part was I picked up this is Brody, nine-year-old boy. Pick him up and he gets in and we start driving and he, he goes, uh, hey, you, you know how to get back, don't you? Like. A nine-year-old kid didn't... It was sweet. He knew where he was going. I'd never picked him up before, but to have a nine-year-old questioning your directions, you know what I mean? Like, that would not be... you. Would, if you don't... If you can't find MapQuest or uh, your directions, you're not going to ask a nine-year-old. They don't know. Does MapQuest still exist, Kirk? I don't know. Could. He, he was, before <laughs> he was born. But yeah, he wanted to take me the route where he takes his bicycle and i'm like yeah that would 
a car went fit through there. So I can, it's five minutes away, kid. I got it. So I, I just drove here. I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't get lost. That's the key. Unless you did. And then, wow. Look, I went to the school. I picked up a kid. I brought them back a kid. So that's all I did. I don't know if it was the right one or not. Yeah. I mean, one for one. Look, I'm, you, I'm you drop it. off a kid, you get a kid. That's the policy. By the way, and I asked the crossing guard, I'm like, do I like park? Can I go in? And, and they're like, oh, no, God, no. You stay in your car, sir. I was like, okay. But that was, they're very clear on that. You just, you just, you do not wander onto the school. Okay. I got it. Well, middle-aged man all by himself there to pick up a kid. I get it. Doesn't. Yeah. Well, okay. So what do, what do we want to, what do you want to talk about or what, uh, what intro did I miss? It was just, just technical difficulties. Yeah. Technical difficulties. John is more tired than usual, which I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, he's so tired. tired. He's not even responding. He's not even responding. That's how tired he is. That's because my kid's <sighs> monitor just fell off of her desk and broke. Oh, that's a problem. Oh, yeah, that's no good. Um, well, we are talking about clue me in, John. Your title, Monopoly, not just a board game. What are we talking about? Uh, let me kind of. So Microsoft bought Activision. Or announced that it was buying Activision, which in and of itself is, you know, I, can you I, give me a dummies? Can you give me a dummies version of Activision? Because I am clueless. I have no idea Duty. what you're talking about. It's just video I, games. Yeah, yes. Activision is a, a video game production company. Hmm. Okay. And they make uh, they make some of the world's most popular video games. World of Warcraft so, being one of them. Yeah. It, it's, uh, if it clues you in at all, Kirk, the deal is reportedly $68 billion. Oh, well, that's that's nice, you know. I'm glad we, we don't have money to educate our young people, but hey, we got $68 billion to spend on video games, so that's good. Well, the uh, the thing about it is, is I was reading into it, and uh, it's kind of an interesting, bold move on Microsoft's part. Is this it's like a defensive thing? Or they they think they're oh, getting swallowed up by Amazon no. or Google or anything? No, not a bit. It's uh, I think it's an aggressive move because for years, Sony has touted and said that they were the uh, number one company that made or that had you know they had all the first party exclusives and sony was very very adamant on buying exclusive rights like early release or they they bought the exclusive launch titles for some things and then microsoft wouldn't get them for a year six months to a year later uh this is now microsoft saying f you to sony and buying all of the companies that uh, make great third-party exclusive games. So Sony had the monopoly on it, and Microsoft is sort of throwing its its hat into the ring, so to speak. It's sort yes. of, it's it's trying to, it's going to attempt to take some of that market away. Well, because if <clears throat> if what people are worried about comes true, to where like uh, 
Microsoft would make games like Call of Duty, Overwatch, some of these games that are heavily played, if they could make them exclusive to Microsoft, that would absolutely crush Sony. So essentially what they make is like, okay, you can't, uh, any Sony game won't be compatible with Microsoft equipment. So if you have Microsoft, you like is, uh, it get to that level. No. So essentially you have PlayStation and Xbox. All games are, well, most games, most games are uh, launched on both systems. But some games are only launched on one system or the other, depending on who has the rights to the game. So if you had a huge game like, let's say Call of Duty, because that's a huge game. If you had that game and you only launched it on Xbox, if people want to play it, they have to play it on Microsoft Xbox. The caveat being is... Almost all console games are also going to PC nowadays as well. Basically, for those who aren't in the video game world, it's just a really big, like, middle finger to one side. This one being Sony, saying, like, all right, you want to play ball? We'll play ball. See how you react to this. Hmm. Yeah, it's... It's interesting because when I was talking to Chris about it and a lot of the online, even Sony's like, oh, they're not going to make Call of Duty uh, Xbox exclusive. I, I disagree. And I disagree because they did the same thing with Bethesda. And there is a reason that Skyrim has been released like six different times now. It's because people will buy it because it's an Elder Scrolls. It's a it's it is a staple game. I, well, isn't that what video games do? Does like I'm and this is a little more old school, but like Madden, every year there was a new Madden. Like every you know what I mean? It seems like there's a new Call of Duty. There's it's almost like a sequel. It's like hey, we made a lot of money with this. Why not update it or put it in a different setting and then they'll buy it again, right? I mean, they they like the premise of the game. They like the story keep milking it until they stop buying it isn't that standard uh, okay Th this is why i find this funny is yes that is standard uh for sports games especially and uh call of duty and the like the funny thing is with bethesda the 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 thing i brought up they're just releasing the same game over and over again which is why it's kind of funny no changes the exact carbon <laughs> i mean they they make they update it Ooh, but... it's got a pink cover Ooh, like <laughs> Yeah, it's like the newest edition added fishing, and people were like, eh, it's it's not that good. Um, the worst part is when you have to stand in, in line to get your fishing license. That's annoying. Like, come on, video game. Let's step it up. Well, and I, I feel like the uh, amount of people who... Because initially, when I, when I first heard the news and thought about Call of Duty, I was like, there's absolutely no way that they're going to make it an exclusive because there's too much money to be lost. No, I, I, I don't see that because Microsoft's model they don't give a they don't care about console sales. They don't care. They care about Game Pass subscriptions because that is what five to twenty dollars a month 
that they could be getting. I don't know if it goes up to 20. So what you're saying, it's almost, it could be, um, if they're the only ones that have it, they're sort of like the hot club. And then they could like charge more to make up for the money they're losing by not being on both. Could that be a thing? Well, it's like game pass. You get a lot of free games. That's, that's kind of the whole hook, line and sinker is you get free games. The, the first party games like halo infinite, which was their, their, the big call of duty first person shooter for Microsoft was free. If you had Game Pass, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. No, you're right. Um, but don't they dump a lot of crappy games on you too? Don't you have to sift through a lot? I mean, I'm just not I'm just, I haven't really. Used it, but if it, if they're just giving to you free, seems like they're well. It's it's not free because you're paying for the subscription. Mm. So it, it you know like it could be said that like games with gold was one of the things that like it was they gave you two free games or four free games or whatever it was a month, um, like. Most of the time, those games were not, they were eh. Uh, Game Pass is, especially with them now acquiring like Bethesda and Activision, all of those games are going to be in Game Pass for free, essentially. And I'm guessing they give you like exclusives or something. Like if you have Game Pass, you get it a week sooner. Well, and that's that's the thought is Microsoft is going to likely take this and make it, uh, make it you know, exclusive to Xbox, even if they did it and say Call of Duty. And this is the the thing that I was thinking of is even if they took Call of Duty and made it exclusive for three months or six months or whatever, that is going to be enough to kill the momentum for Sony because first person shooters have a very, very, very short shelf life. Because the graphics are continuing getting better. So no, I, I it's just left in the dust. No, it's because there's so many different ones like Act, uh, Call of Duty and Battlefield usually come out in November of the same year. Um, you've got Halo. You've got all these other ones. And, like, a first-person shooter's title may last a year, but it's it's usually not. Like, even back when I wasn't big into first-person shooters, like, a year was about the most you played a game before it started to die off. Well, it seems like the the Fast and the Furious movie, whatever big action movies at the box office, next year there's a new one. Because, you know, it seems like the same thing. Yeah. But I don't think, even with this move, I don't think that uh, Microsoft is going to create a monopoly on video games. Because Sony will most definitely have their own. Well, and there's other... Because no, one, no one's in league with EA yet. You have Nintendo. Like, Sony could bitch and moan that they're... You know, Microsoft's making a Monopoly. And this is why I, I brought up the title of Monopoly, and it's not just a board game. It's not a Monopoly. Like, back when Microsoft was the de facto computer standard, and their whole Monopoly thing was over putting Internet Explorer on every computer that they sold. That was kind of the whole Monopoly deal. But they it got broke. They got broken up. I remember that. Like they actually went. Yeah, through, that, that's. But look yeah, at every other company up. that got, has broken up. They're back. They're stronger than they were before they got broken up. Like it, it's. So you're saying broke breakups don't last. You always no. go back. Well, and even if like and like Chris was saying, even if someone wanted to make the case of, hey, Monopoly is now they just have a lot of studios under their belt. Sony does, too. Nintendo has probably. 
one of the, you know, for the amount of crap games that are on Nintendo consoles, like, I have a Switch. I don't play my Switch outside of Nintendo first-party games, meaning Mario and, like, Smash Brothers and Pokemon and that. That That's it's Zelda. Zelda's the big one. Those sell Switch, Nintendo Switches regardless. Like, all Nintendo has to do is announce a new console and say, hey, Nintendo, Pokemon, and Mario are all going to be on it, and they will sell those out the door. That's, that seems almost people going nostalgia, like reliving the video games, that, being able to play the video games they grew up when they were a kid. But it's not I even mean, that. It's that they've consistently come out with – and it's, it kind of falls into the same thing because Pokemon – the, the new game that's coming out next week is kind of a break from their mold, but it, it's the same thing every year, just tweaked a little bit. Same with, I, I want to say same with Mario, but Mario's Mario. And Zelda was a, uh, Breath of the Wild was a big departure from, like, Ocarina of Time or any of those others. Do you remember Mario's evil cousin? Wario? There you go. Good. Well done. <laughs> Wario. Okay. And then Waluigi? I, I thought we recently talked about Waluigi and how he wasn't actually a Nintendo character. Maybe. Huh. We're, I, up I, to 40, it's, we're up to 45, so it's possible. <laughs> but the... But the fun, oh, go I, ahead, was Chris. I was just going to say, I, I was thinking about it after we kind of spoke about it a little bit, or at least text or whatever we did anyway. The... Uh, the move is quite interesting for Microsoft because it's a bold move. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. You know, because they... I don't think they're going to attack Sony so much, but basically scare them. Which means Sony will be forced to make some sort of move as well. So it, it'll be... I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. I just... Yeah. I definitely see them, like I said, the the next like two or three Call of Duties are probably going to go to both consoles just because the the one for this year is probably already slated, almost done. The one for next year is probably, you know, almost getting ready to go. And there's not going to be too much change. The other thing is, and this is what kills me, is if you were to program a game, let's say Chris wanted to make a game. And he did all the programming and did everything and used a game engine. Those game engines have specific buttons, like Unity being the big one that I can think of off the top of my head, where you click, what do I want to export this as? An Android game, an iOS game, an Xbox game? You just click the buttons of what you wanted to export as, and boom, done. Now, obviously, it's not that easy, and there's a little tweaking you have to do to make it work on phones and make it work on Nintendo and make it work on, you know, all the different things. But that's all built into the programs that make these games. Just if, if Chris programmed a video game, he would do it in crayon, first of all. <laughs> um yeah, and, I, yeah. I he, he he. It's something he'd accidentally start a fire and then run out of the room screaming. It's a good like thing. Kind of a caveman. It's, I was gonna say it's a good thing Smellovision doesn't exist yet. <sighs> yeah. So when even <laughs> even when you had even when you had COVID, you could still smell Chris uh, seventy billion, miles away. Billion dollar game idea. Escape the stink lines. 
Okay, not not escape New York, not escape LA, escape the funk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the <clears throat> the reason I thought this whole thing was funny is I was watching a TikTok. Um, I don't remember the guy's name because I don't follow him, but he had a show on, I believe it was True TV. It might have been True TV. Anyway, um, he had a show on this, and he was talking about how and why the show ended. And it was because a company bought them out. I'm trying to remember which one. Um, That's okay. Not that important. Yeah, you know, a little detail. Uh, but when they bought them out, they got rid of all of the management. And they kind of sliced the budget. Even though this guy's show was, you know, one of the most viewed on the, the, the channel, they're just like, yeah, no. And now they just do Impractical Jokers reruns all day See, long. See, this is, this is the problem. This is the, always the conflict. It's there's the business, there's the commerce side, and then there's the art side. And like it, that's always the rub. That's always the conflict because the people want to make a good, interesting show that's original because they want to express themselves. And then people come in from the corporate set and they go, "We just won't make money. We don't care. The quality doesn't matter. If people are watching it, we could give a shit less. We just want to get those dollars up." And that's always the that's always the thing. Yeah, especially with these these companies that come in and buy out. Smaller companies. And that's why when the, the news broke like two days later of like, oh, yeah, Microsoft bought Activision. That's what it was kind of funny because when you dig deeper into it, because Activision and Blizzard have had a lot of these. A um, lot of uh, allegations. Are you hiccuping? There. Are you a yes. cartoon character <laughs> right now? And you got you got Chris burping over. Jesus Christ, you guys. Take some take some tums, both of you. <laughs> I didn't burp. No, that, that you, were, you were holding in a burp at one point. Don't come on. I could <laughs> we'll, well listen back to the videotape. You'll hear it. But yeah, so it's Oh, that that made me lose my train of thought. Um no, the well, the and... allegations against Blizzard and all of that where it was just like toxic work culture and everything. Phil Spencer from Xbox was like we're going to have to reevaluate our relationship with Activision Blizzard. And then they bought them. It's it just, it's funny how it all works. Well, and so, okay, they said, hey, how about $68 billion? And Activision was like, done. You know, you could throw like enough money. money. Like <laughs> you money. can throw enough money at anybody. But also, you could argue that Activision and Blizzard have been going downhill for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's you know, the thing that, like, Activision, because I had to look it up, too, because I, I didn't know. Outside of Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, they don't really have that much. Like, Blizzard's a big -er company. They got two ponies in their stable, is what you're saying. Yeah, and it it's just Activision doesn't have... And I could be wrong, but it's just, like, when they, they... For some reason, when they said it, I was thinking, like... um. 2K. Like, 2K is a big studio. Yeah, but... Well, 2K doesn't really exist anymore, but... Uh, you yeah. know, it's... It's it's kind of a... It's a long-arching process to say, essentially, that the potential is there for this to be a big move for Microsoft. My guess is that they're not going to do a whole lot with it initially. 
they're just going to kind of sit on it and they might come in and, and yeah, change but... a, change a lot of things inside the company. And it, who knows? It could be better for Activision to say, "Well, oh, look, you know, Microsoft well, are, came in and fixed it." Is is there something you said like you if if you step into the market, then Sony will have to in defensive mode kick up, spend more money to try to compete and stay above, and then you're you're not really you're not churning out more stuff. It's more of draining Sony, or is that just cold well, blood the, business? The argument could be made that it's going to make better video games because it's going to uh, Sony's going to have to come up with their own thing and work with another company to make a game that would be more exciting than anything you could get on Xbox, which would then force Xbox to make a better game. So theoretically the consumer could actually win in this scenario. Right. And that's always the thing about monopolies. They crush competition and innovation. So if you have competition, like you have, you know, two swords making each other stronger kind of a situation where they bring out the best in each other. And then, yeah, the, the video game consumers win. I think you are going for iron sharpens iron. Is it iron? Did I say steel? No, you said two swords. So, I, sorry, steel sword. <laughs> you didn't spec. You didn't specify which metal. What else are swords made? Look, it wasn't paper mache. Those are the worst swords. When you get in a sword fight, not paper. Go with a machete, not paper mache. People. I mean, you know, you could do bronze. You could do uh, steel. Yeah, there's all different kinds of metals to mozzarella infused. Huh? Come on. Deep fried sword with some dipping sauce. Now you're talking. This is delicious. Ow! Ow! My heart. Ow! Oh. And <laughs> the cholesterol. <laughs> what? What got that guy? Was it high cholesterol? No, it was cholesterol the, through the heart. The deep fried mozzarella sword plays the long game. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, the th the thing that a lot of people are hopeful for is that Microsoft has changed a lot in the last few years like Halo Infinite I think is the example I heard of where they gave them more time to finish the game instead of making them kind of rush through it I I, I wish I knew more because I, I don't play Halo as much as I want to and like we've tried well, it seems like if you give a time, like if every year, if every November 1st, you know you're supposed to come up with a new version of something, it seems like um, it, it could the creativity could be forced or rushed rather than just, hey, let's put out a new Halo when we have a good idea. Instead of hell or high water, we have to have a new Halo. Ooh, they have new boots. Ooh, that's the, the different boots. You know what I mean? Like. Well, and they've they've moved to that model over the last probably two years, you know, because they've they've stopped releasing so many games, but updating the ones that they have. So that's kind of already in the in the works, Kirk. Hmm. What about Atari? Can we talk Atari? No, nah, you know what? <laughs> that got a scoff of disgust. I think I think Pong is still one of the most popular games in the world, or something like that. What? Yeah. There's there's no way that could be true. You made that up. Or maybe it's like still one of the most liked games. I can't remember. There was something about Pong. It was people like Pong. 
It's see. classic. It's one of the, it's like an OG. I think that you're just paying respect. You know what I mean? Like, hey, because you, you led to other cool things. So good on you, sir. Well, yeah. I mean, people got addicted to the, like, space invaders back in the day. People got really addicted to that. And, like, it was a huge deal when that first came out. Right. Not as bad as the opioid crisis, but still, it was rough. You're right. Yeah. Now, if you saw Space Invaders and you were a kid, you'd be like, this game sucks. Oh, yeah. Like the the met, the football guys that would run on like the metal, they're magnetized. They just spin and never run in the right direction. That was yeah. a terrible game. Terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. Ter- t- 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 terrible. Okay. That's not how Bo Jackson runs. I know that's not how he runs. I've watched him. He rarely spins around that many times. He would get dizzy. <laughs> he would throw up all over his mask. And that shield would hold it in. No bueno. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting, John. I got to, you know, I got to cap tip my cap to Microsoft because I think it's a bold move. And I'll be really curious to see how it goes forward because <laughs> we won't know for a while. But eventually... uh they're going to tip their hand and it's going to be exciting. So are yeah. you rooting for, are you rooting for him? Do you want it to work? Is it, it, it seems odd well, to root for like a billion dollar corporation. Come on guys, you can do it. They're all billion. It's, right. it's, that's the funny thing is like with, when you get into video games, like all the major companies that hold, not that produce because there's still a lot of indie games, but all of the, the like publishers and people that have their hands in all the pots, they're all billion dollar companies. Just like like record companies used to be, and like yeah. the movie studios are now. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, very very similar. Other than at least with video games and more now with music, being independent isn't as hard. Like you're not going to create a movie and try and break into uh, theaters. That's just not going to happen. But you can have an album that goes viral or is popular same with a game like when minecraft got popular which is one of the most popular games on the world or in the world it was made by one dude who sold it to microsoft for like 2.8 billion dollars the uh the flip side of the coin is, is, and I think that's why I'm more interested in it from a business aspect, is because Microsoft has done something that gives them a little bit of power. They can use it wisely or you, they can use it poorly. I think if they were to just make Call of Duty a Xbox exclusive, it would hurt their brand. So, eh, Like I know, said, they're all about Game Pass. It doesn't matter. See, and, and then it would only. What happens if they put Game Pass on PlayStation? And the only way to get Call of Duty would be to uh, pay for Game Pass. Get the nerds game for free, re- but. Nerds, nerds revolt. That's what happens. Is that what happens? <laughs> that well, there's ways that they can exploit it without. There might be PlayStation fanatics out there who are like already plotting against Bill Gates. It could be well, happening. I mean, that would be fine if he still was anywhere near Microsoft. You're thinking Phil Spencer. 
Well, and not for no, it seems like I'm not, I don't mean to stereotype, but it seems like if you're into video gaming, you're pretty good. You like hacking, you like figuring out a way to get around systems. You know what I mean? So it's like you've created these, this huge following that if you put something out, they could probably figure out a way, to, you know, you, you can burn a copy, get a free copy, borrow a buddy's password, or, you know what I mean? It seems like it's like problem solving and they would, right? I mean, am I way? It, well, the yes. percentage of computer people would love to have a hacking problem to solve. Yes and no, because it's always going to come out to the computer. That was one of Microsoft's big things is that when they were rebranding Windows 10 and going into Windows 11 with Xbox, they were like, it's all going to be one. Everything that you can do on the Xbox, you can do on your computer and vice versa. So the people that like you can't hack you can but it's not it's not as easy to hack a playstation and put call of duty onto the playstation that you don't physically own a copy of like so that's billion dollar corporations also have their security team of computer nerds who are fighting against the uh, so they're they're good at protecting their stuff well it's not just that it's that you're using your uh, a console that is very encrypted, very secure. With um, there's region locks to games. Like if you bought a game from Germany and tried to play it, well, granted, I don't know how well this still works, but back in the day, if you had a game from Germany or Japan or something and tried to play it in the U.S., it wouldn't work. Like DVDs, we used to be this. If like a yeah. DVD from England, when it went, it wasn't compatible over here. Yep, same thing. But also, but, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just about to tell you to shut up. So it's funny you're jumping in. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was listening, you know, to John explain the things, but it just seems like people are so devoted to the systems. Like I'm an Xbox guy. This guy's a PlayStation guy, you know, so. I'm a Ford yes, guy. I'm a Chevy guy. I'm an yeah, Apple. Uh, and I'm an Android. Yeah, exactly. The problem is it was mostly Sony because Sony was an un, un, undoubted kind of winning because Nintendo Switch, which really isn't a competitor, but it is. It, it's it's complicated and convoluted, but Sony fanboys were the ones that were the biggest this is where the winning this is you know i will never buy anything other than sony that that was largely just playstation people so you just summed up this computer thing to a facebook relationship status it's complicated <laughs> yeah <That's what> you <laughs> said. <laughs> and more importantly i like that there was a lot of playstation guys out there because like i said i'm an xbox guy who when they saw that xbox bought or uh, microsoft bought activision were just like damn it so. that's my stance i'm yeah. sticking to it all right i don't think it's going to cause a civil war but uh no and i know microsoft has been trying to get game pass on the playstation and i have a feeling this is just a further it, like sony knows that this isn't going to affect them they said it wasn't going to affect them so i'm assuming they're going to bow and let Microsoft do something like put Game Pass on PlayStation. Because this is now two massive companies that Microsoft just bought that are instrumental to, like, Bethesda is one of the biggest first-person RPG makers. 
with Fallout, Skyrim, all of that. Then you have Activision that has Call of Duty and like the the other big one that I didn't realize they had it was uh, Crash Bandicoot. That's an Activision title. Oh, didn't okay. know that. Can we and talk about anything? Can we talk about anything else now? Yeah, let's go to Chris's trash. <laughs> <laughs> you, it was just a bunch of video game and initials, and I'm like, I didn't uh, that whole paragraph. I was like, I got yeah. Nothing. All right, what else? So okay, so Eric, yeah, we, I just we, just what? because I can, I saw where he was going. Uh, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where anyway, where are we going now? Uh, as John alluded, we're going to my trash. Explain. Okay. A lot of <laughs> fast food wrappers. A lot of, I don't know. Uh, so NASA released this week that they, essentially they put out a contest for people to come up with ideas to reuse waste products on a potential ship <clears throat> during its trip to Mars, which hmm. we know what is six months up to nine months, depending on how long it's going to take. We're so you have to imagine, you know, there's half, be a, half a year. That's a long time. Well, stuff's going to build up. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some waste, even in a space scenario where. Uh, you're eating freeze-dried meals and such. You got pouches and, you know, uh, not to mention people use the bathroom. Doesn't human, change in human space. Waste. That's yeah. right. So NASA's like, look, how do we upcycle, which is a new trendy term for reuse, uh, how do we upcycle this trash into things that can be useful on the ship? Did they, so they, did they do they have a couple like uh, uh, top contestant like here's here's a couple ideas or you know like what have they come up with so far? Well, uh, one no, so they had some categories that they were looking at as far as like what to do with human waste. Uh, another was how to and John, I don't know if you saw this, I. I yeah. Anyway, if you uh, were one, of, if you were one of the astronauts, you know what they could do with human waste? You could use it as body wash. Come ouch. on, come ouch. on. All right. Sorry. Okay. Get to the. Uh, no. So one of the things that they're really interested in is how to turn products from the space station into three D printing stock. Like oh, is... so it would break down and com like combustible stuff, and just and then it goes back out through the 3d printer to be made into something useful well yeah so they they say how could what is your ideas for how to turn things that are on the uh spaceship into filament that can be then used to 3d print objects huh john what do you think this i mean it that sounds like a cool idea i mean yes but why like well, well, what what else would you do? I mean, it seems like you would fill up. You got to get. I mean, you could break it down to somehow you create energy or something. Or what would you do with it? Very Star Trekky. Uh, says the guy who brought up food replicators. 
Yeah, do I you, know. Do you, do you just jettison? <laughs> you just jettison the waste. You just jet. No, you just let it but, fly out in space. I don't know too much on the ISS, but like, liquid waste is infinitely recyclable. They already do that. Like uh, Waterworld, like Kevin Costner pees and it, he, yeah. he drinks his pee. That kind of stuff. Yeah, almost all the water on the ISS is recycled. Technically, all the water on Earth is recycled, but, you know. Uh, but what about, yeah, just the food waste? Like, you just, you get material that's just, uh, yeah, it but breaks that's just, down? You just, like, most food waste you'd be able to compost. And if you're on a long-duration mission with hydroponics or anything else, you would compost it into nutrients for said plants. But how long does it take to, I mean, see, I mean, uh, you know, you, you eat a potato in three months, it, it starts to break down. I mean, like how long would it take to, I mean, if you're only flying six to nine months in that time, would it have, I can't imagine food would break down that fast. Maybe I, I don't compost, so I have no idea. Well, I'm assuming yeah. it would be accelerated composting. So. Well, just because they're in space, you think everything's well, faster? No, <laughs> you would have to make the you would have to make the conditions ripe for compost. But even okay. then, so if we're talking in, in, I mean, obviously we're talking in trips of, or in terms of trips. Um, if you save the waste till you got to Mars, now you have a bunch of compost for. You can drop off and send yes. Mars and help with the soil, which yeah. is horrible. Hmm. Um, like, when you're talking about 3D printing, my mind immediately went to, like, printing shit that breaks. Like, there, there's no reason to have a 3D printer in space unless it's for functional parts. Well, there's, lim there's limited space. You don't think a 3D printer is a useful amount well, of space in a spaceship. It's not just that. It's like... If you had one and you were just like, oh, what am I going to print today? Are you going to have a bunch of Lego, Lego skeletons. skeletons floating around? What just a random knickknack. Yeah. Break yeah. Break. <laughs> it's like that's, that's, well, that's not, that's not beneficial, beneficial to a space trip whatsoever. It's like, nice that we, it's nice that we now have a slinky, but I don't really think it helps us solve anything. So, but there's no stairs on the spaceship, idiot. Yeah, it's yeah, just close anyway. Uh, not to mention the sound when re-entering gravity of all the plastic just hitting the ground. The, well, like, for functional... Listen, so, one of the things that they were talking about is uh, a giant space waster on the rocket ships is the foam that they used for... Uh, Dance parties. On, different kind foam. of foam, Kirk. All right, different foam. Got it. All right, it's the foam that they use for heat and uh, uh, protection, you know, from things hitting the when they're launching. They don't want things, like, bouncing around. So they use it for padding and for heat. But they say it's taking up too much space? Yeah, it, it, they use a lot of it, apparently. Well, yeah, you don't want to burn. <laughs> I hope so. And so, you know, they're trying to figure out a way that they could possibly 3D print with that particular material that would then be beneficial to the mission. Now, oh, hmm. uh, it just dawned on me. You're talking about NASA. 
Yes. Yeah, this is archaic and out of the it. it. So, I, I see where you're going from. The problem being that it's NASA, and NASA is ten years behind right now, probably closer to twenty. In fact, they're still stuck in the '60s on some aspects. Like I, I get that reusing the foam would be a potential benefit. But if you're using it for heat retention and it's inside the capsule, you wouldn't want to get rid of it. If it's outside the capsule, there's a whole slew of problems of getting it from the outside to the inside to be reused. And then, like I said, it boils back down to even if you could process it into something that is reusable and printable, what the fuck are you going to print in space? It either has to be functional, or you're going to end up with a bunch of Lego skeletons floating around. Uh, my question to you, John, is why would you not want a hundred Tinkercats flying all over space? Allergies. I gave you... <laughs> Allergies. The yeah, box. I gave you that Tinkercat. There was some sharp-ass bits on it. I, yeah. it's and it's sitting on my desk. I can look at it right now, and I like, would print one of those in space. It'd be the first Tinker Cat in space. So there's a hundred of those floating around. You think it's going to take a astronaut's eye out? That's what you're worried about. Well, potentially. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a slowpoke Buddha here that is sharp as shit at some points. So, I just... so I, I understand uh, the concept of reuse. You know. It's a great idea. Now, my only problem is is NASA is asking the population for these for insight into what to do with it because they don't know what the hell to do with it themselves, which makes me think that the problem is bigger than the problem you know. is non-existent. It's NASA. They're Wait, are you saying if NASA is ask, asking the public for suggestions, they're out of ideas and they're kind of, that's frightening? No. I don't know if it's frightening. It just, it doesn't no. lend itself, you know. Why? They're trying to, they're trying to crowdsource ideas because they don't have any of their own. You're NASA. No, You're rocket that's, scientists. That's you should have some ideas. True. They've always done this. Um, it's NASA. Why limit yourself to the ideas of a bunch of, you know, rocket scientists stuck in rooms when you can open it up and have a kid say, oh, hey, why don't you do this? This sounds like it would be fun. And it spurs an idea that could potentially work. Like, that's that's the whole thing with NASA. NASA is about imagination and, and you know. Who knows where the next great idea is going to exactly. come from? Like, you're not going to... It's a good idea to open it up to the public and ask, hey, what do you think? Because then you have people that come up with, you know, unique ideas. Let's say you have someone that works strictly in recyclability. Like there's a, uh, a TikTok account that I follow that her whole thing was she makes sand out of recycled glass. She gets a ton of glass bottles or glass, you know, and just turns it into sand. And that sand has been going to, you know, tons and tons of places. Beaches, mostly. Well, it fills up sandbags. It, it's a reused 
product in people's crevices just be just being annoying basically uh kirk i want to before we continue i just had a funny thought and i want to make a call back to one of our earlier episodes our early early episodes okay we need to 3d print if anything else some pitch and flames for the rocket ship some decals oh for uh, for space engineers or for this for real life. If you're going to be up in space, why not 3D print some some uh some flame decals? Plaster I mean, them on the side. You're you're a rocket. You did blast off. I mean, you had legitimate flame, so makes sense to me. Yeah. Maybe you could pick up some space chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Better go to uh... uh It just reminds me of Red Blue's Red versus Blue. You can't pick up chicks in a tank. <laughs> what's yeah <laughs> well <laughs> uh so i'm just thinking how fun would it be if the fused relativity crew put together some sort of idea for nasa and then possibly we could you know be like nascar and put our decals on the rocket ship as it launches you want to slap a fused relativity sticker on the next spaceship here's, that goes up yes here's my advice for nasa give up buy spacex so it becomes a government agency yeah nasa doesn't have enough money to buy spacex yes it does right. well nasa doesn't no you're correct the government absolutely does Well, <laughs> I thought it would be fun if we were to come up with an idea and just submit it just for the hell of it. Even if it's a bad idea, why not come up with something that would be, you know, send them an email, send them an email. Maybe it'll work. They're, yeah. they're open to ideas. They're looking for theoretically. Anybody. We could put our mark, the fused relativity mark on a future NASA mission. And that'd and that, be pretty cool. That doesn't mean you go pee on the NASA ship. That doesn't, that's not what leaving your mark means in this case. So don't make that mistake again. Oh, well, my idea is, uh, <laughs> no, so we better get back to the drawing board. Okay. But Hey, could be fun. Just throwing it out there. Figured, uh, it was worth a shot. All right. Well, are we throwing it out there? It's uh, it's about that time to throw it out to, to Kirk's corner. Well, let's go play ball, Kirk. Come on. Once again, uh, Kirk, you did miss the intro where I was complaining about you know mental health. So we still have champagne. Sorry. So I, hey. <laughs> no ice. It's a it's, you know what? It it took so long to get a liquid. I'm happy. You know what I mean? It was for, it was everything but for the for forty episodes. So. There's there's bubbly there. That's great. Um, yeah. So this I thought I'd switch. I'd go back to sort of a. This is a little. Uh, a, this is a comedy 101. I thought I would talk about because uh, a lot of when you're a brand brand new comic, the the first time you perform, you do like an open mic and you did like three minutes, maybe five. So here's sort of five basic things if just to organize your first comedy set. So you guys, I don't think I've done this before, have I? No, not this particular one. Yeah, I was going to say, Great. I don't think so. Perfect. Because I couldn't remember. I remember I gave some advice. So Okay, so so basically just here's your, your oh, you want to do a first comedy set. Um, just the first thing is you don't want to, 
you don't want to write out your act word for word. You want to like write like a set list, like it's like a band, like a band. They look down and they see the songs of the titles of their songs and they know what it is. If you write your jokes, you should know what it is. So it, it shouldn't be a whole page. It's just, you know, elephant, uh, grade school, blah, blah, blah. Just like words that trigger you to know what you're supposed to talk about. So don't, if you write it out word for word, you, you start talking and then you forget a word and then you get all nervous and it goes to hell. So don't do that. Um, and just right up front, what you want to do is just like a quick, likable joke up front, just a punchline in 15 seconds. Just, it's like you just establish your funny at the beginning and then they calm down, you calm down and you got, you got a chance for a good show and just pick what you want to do is just relatable topics, just stuff that everybody in the audience can talk to. And it's, it's like school, family work. If you talk about one of those three things, people were, even if your weird uncle is different than their weird uncle, they'll go with you. They'll go, I can see my weird uncle doing that. That makes sense. So does that make sense? Just so, so if you, if you talk about stuff that's just, they're relating to, it's not as complicated. So they're, they're, they're in a bar, they're drinking. So don't confuse them. You guys understand? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and then just when you're building your set, you kind of want to, it's like you want to build. It's sort of like a, a ramp that goes up. So you kind of start with the likable, nice stuff. And then if you save like anything that might be dirty or like any controversial thing, you save it towards the end. And it's sort of like a, it's like a good story where the, it has a good punchline at the end. Like you're building up to that. And then there's like a big kabow at the end. And, and you just want a nice closer at the end, just like a nice, a, a good solid joke just to leave them with. So it's like you, you, you started out, you've established your funny, you had jokes along the way, and then you remind them that you were funny. So they remember overall, Hey, I was laughing from the beginning to the end. Um, and I think that's about it. Just, uh, yeah. Did anything, any, I don't know, any questions, anything that didn't make sense or y you guys, I don't know, pick my brain. Any, any questions? Yeah. When you're putting together, cause you're talking about, you know, start to fit, kind of start to finish a little bit of like, you know, this is where you start. This is where you end. What is the key to the middle? Like, should it be like a lot of, do you, you, you clearly don't want to save your best jokes for the middle of your show, but I imagine you would, you still want to have some pretty good up and down, you know, moments. You don't, you don't want to be, you know, slaying in the middle of your show, but you probably want to be pretty consistent. Well, yeah, you don't, it's, uh, you can't like like just at, like I said a, a, a punchline in the first fifteen seconds to just it 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 you get a laugh the crowd calms down the crowd sees you calm down because you got a laugh so they feel like they're now in good hands so once you've established that then you don't need to you can kind of uh, take a little more time it's like you can have I call them um, if if you have a really good story with a nice uh, punch at the end. You have to have just little breadcrumb jokes along the way to keep them following you. Because if if you don't have jokes, they stop paying attention. So, uh, like I said, just the the beginning and the end, just a strong, solid thing. And then the middle is more of where you can play. Like the middle is like where you would put like an, a new joke. Like once you establish your funny, then 
you throw out it's like this is and this is an old reference but it's like friends and er do you guys know what i'm talking about remember the show's yeah. friends and er yeah they, they'd have friends and then they have er and then they'd have the show in the middle and the show so you 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 warm them up with friend you you have a solid joke to begin with you try out the new thing the caroline and this or whatever the hell it is if that works great if it doesn't work that's fine because you have er to win them back so it's like you are giving the new the middle is a great place to try out new material and just never ever ever go here's a new joke because you just told the audience here, hey, don't listen to what I'm going to say. <laughs> this, this, is, this joke is probably going to suck. This is just—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's like a cop out. It's like you're trying to protect yourself from the failure of it, so you're trying to lessen it and brace for the here's a yeah here's a brand new joke that I'm not confident in, which doesn't win over a crowd. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense because uh, you know I've been working on my own things. Uh, stand up wise you know and uh i kind of struggle in the middle a little bit so there, there can be a little lag it's our it doesn't have to be pop 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 all the time so it you know um yes yeah, so, and then you might be doing stand, like around our, our year anniversary maybe episode 52 there's uh, there's a rumor you know uh we might have some things in the works all right well hey we, we teased it we teased it so should we should we skedaddle out of Curse Corner? Unless John, you got you got something? No, I'm just unfunny. No. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was kind of funny. <laughs> just don't rule out looking or smelling. I mean, come on, you're both of those. What? What? Boom, and we're back. I I really like our little podcast podcast booth in space. It's pretty uh. It's a nice view. Yeah. And the flies stick to you, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> they never wander. They never drift. <laughs> they got everything that they could possibly need right there. I'm enough man stink for all of them. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's not be proud of that, Chris. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well. Uh, we can most certainly go off topic here because that's the end of our show and we like to go off topic and discuss things that mean relatively nothing. So, Sure. Who, who's going first? Uh, John, you got anything? No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move. That's part yeah. of just no, no, moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right, how about, I got one. Ready? I'll, I'll go. I can go. Uh, uh, there was a story, there was a message in a bottle, uh, a bottle containing a message was found in Australia 25 years, more than 25 years after it was thrown. Like it was, the, the message was dated 1996. So a, a, a guy wrote a letter, threw it in a bottle, washed up on a shore. They just found it. Um, and actually, just a couple of things. Um, I'm no brain surgeon. Uh, this is, these are a couple of things that he wrote. And uh, he, I'm no brain surgeon, but football players have to be scrambling their brains. That was from 96 before they knew any better. Um, he wrote, I pray by the year 2022, science has cured the three main plights of society, AIDS, cancer, and the smell coming from that Chris kid in Colorado. He really <laughs> hoped. And you defied him. 
So you ruined this man's well done, Chris. Yeah. Um, whatever you do, don't allow a sleazy salesman turned game show host to become president. That is a horrible idea. That is a bad, um, actually in the bottle, it was just a burnt CD with the police's message in a bottle stolen off a Napster. <laughs> Come on, Napster. That's um, pretty good. All right. So how about, so if you guys, you guys, 1996, John and Chris, what message would you write in a bottle to yourself in 2022? Do you have any words of wisdom to, to impart unto a young John and Chris that you can think of? Buy Bitcoin. But the, really? The Bitcoin? Yeah, you didn't even know what Bitcoin was in 96. Nobody you, did. You <laughs> scoffed at that. You would hide it. Yes. But would you have believed yourself, though? That's, you're like, well, I wouldn't buy it. The know thing is. is, I knew about it when it was like pennies. I just, you know, being cynical and skeptical like was most... like, eh, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, nobody thought it was actually going to go anywhere. Otherwise, everybody would have invested in Bitcoin. Right. If, I, if it would I be, had, it would be hard to kick yourself over that one because it's just such a stupid idea. If I had to guess, my message would have been something like, "Hopefully, you've collected all 150 Pokemon trading cards by now." That's what you would have told. Just stick in there, buddy. We can do the Pokemon <laughs> thing. <laughs> something. I mean, either that or like, I was, you know, I was big into baseball, so it could have been like, "Hey, uh, you know, steroids." Don't <laughs> don't don't miss that ball in the World Series and uh, cost your team the game or something stupid like that. I well, don't that's know. A, that's always the, no. You could always do these. You you tell your it, the Back to the Future too. You tell yourself who to bet on for sports, and then you make a lot of money because you know right. who wins. Yeah, that'd be a hard thing to pass up. Okay. Always, well. Now, but are you talking? To, are you writing a message? to yourself in 22 or are you in 22 writing a message to yourself at 96 you're 2022 you is dropping a note what knowledge would you want to drop on the younger you to make your life a little better oh i miss i misunderstood so i was gonna say like if you're sending it back in time buy bitcoin I thought you were talking about what message would you send in 1996 or from 1996 to 2022? No, backwards. You, yeah. The young you to words of wisdom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Pokemon's out the window. Uh, have, you, have you been sniffing rubber cement? What do you mean? You didn't fall? No, I'm just kidding. What you, okay. <laughs> John, you had you you made your ah. You had a point to make. Well, he's so like I, Pokemon cards. Do you, if you kept the originals, you could still make quite a bit. My my apologies to your Bitcoin thing, because that makes more <laughs> sense now. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah, I mean, if if it were me, I'd have to, like, send every underdog that I could think of. You know, like those, the guys who won from 150 to zero, you know, to one. The long shot, the long shot the Vill Villanova, Georgetown. Right. I don't know what that, yeah. Yeah. John has no see see John, you see what happened when you talk computers, you see how I feel? It's the exact same thing. What just <laughs> you that blank that's 
Well, well, hey, look, if every look, we all have our things. If there's no redundancy here, nobody knows the same stuff. That's good. Everybody knows their area. So, did, yeah, did you have something for uh, off topic? I did. Uh, so you guys heard about the, the volcano that exploded in Tonga? Yes. It created a tsunami. Yeah. Well, that was horrible and it did a lot of damage, but the the reason I went off topic with it today was because I saw a story that said the plume from the volcano uh, actually went halfway to space. Yeah, no, the the <laughs> just like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Zing! Come on, boom, boom. <laughs> He's still a dick. By the way. Yes, you you can you can Wikipedia it. It'll come up. Still a dick. Yep. What were you saying, John? I was gonna say I could potentially pull it up, but oh, well, yeah, because like the plume went. It said it went halfway to space, which we know is that's a that's a long way. That's a huge distance for that thing. I mean, we're talking. It's what fifty-two miles, sixty-two miles to the Carmen line. So it went thirty miles up. That's far. Yeah, that that's a long way up. It was a yes, and there's they were making the equivalence of like it was that many nuclear weapons. I heard somebody said a fifty megaton nuclear blast, and some estimates were up to two hundred. I thought with the ranges I heard, which sounds like a lot. Well, yeah, but in fairness, anytime you put mega in front of anything and ton and nuclear, it's scary. Yeah, Yeah. it's gonna be like you know. It's going to be nine, 19, uh, 0.19 uh, nuclear ounces of megaton. Oh, my God. This or is the one, Wall Street Journal video. 1.21 gigawatts. Always go one. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. See, that's where you reach for the Tums. The Tums would have helped. That's when you get gassy. That's exactly how it looks. Like, you can see the shockwave. Yeah, no, it's intense. That's crazy. I haven't actually seen that video. That's well, by video, it's a bunch of stills from some sort of tracking station well, or satellite. Yeah, but even then, like, imagine if you were in the ISS and you saw that, you'd just be like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. That's crazy. Then you'd be happy that you were on the ISS. <laughs> Look at those suckers. They blew themselves up, and now I'm up. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you would have to think like someone dropped a bomb on some country. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, what, that, like, that's what that looks like. It was definitely a unique thing because uh, underwater explosions are... Uh, or underwater volcanoes are extremely rare. Yeah, and there was, like, people, I think, off the coast of Oregon or I think it was Washington or Oregon, one of them. They were, like, trying to surf the waves. Yeah, it (laughs) made it all the way to the West Coast. Yeah, it was crazy. But they were, like, people out there thinking they were going to catch some, you know, killer waves. Killer volcano uh, waves. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, get off the beach. It's not safe. It's a tsunami. You dummies. You, you jackasses. But the waves are going to be totally tubular, man. 
Wow. It'd be gnarly. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of people that I heard heading in California to the beach to catch the waves and then were disappointed. Yeah, because uh, like if, if anything cool happened, there would have been millions of stuff getting, but it didn't seem to really have much like wallop when it well, came ashore. The the islands near it were decimated, right, but, they, but, but the California, they, they were saying it's gonna, it might hit California and the the coast. Well, again, that falls back nonsense. to it's it's underwater volcanic eruptions are extremely rare, so they weren't exactly sure. It was hard to predict. You know, it would be funny if, like, what they found out, what stopped the wave from hitting the West Coast was, like, all the plastic. All that <laughs> floating plastic. Like, that's what actually, it was a barrier. It saved us. Thank you, plastic. <laughs> so, well, that was devastating for the island Tonga, but, you know, it was, uh, it's, like, think about, we've talked about it before, Kirk. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Yellowstone is a super volcano, and this this was just an underwater eruption. Imagine if Yellowstone were to explode. No, that's depressing. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the heat death of the universe. All right. Yes, it would be very bad. Yeah, John would be happy. As long as, <laughs> as long as he was, as long as there weren't people around him while he was being burned to death by the heat death of the universe, he's fine with that. So, which is ironic because you guys both hate people. You're not <laughs> fans of people, but you both made people. It's just let's save that. Let's shelve that for next episode because we're about out. But <laughs> food, let's just let that pinball around and let's talk about that next week, okay? For episode forty-six. Holy cow! Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we managed to make a pretty decent podcast out of Monopoly and uh, and Trash. So, yeah, that's quite a journey. Uh, we we went through video games, electronic football, spinny things. Like there was, it was a journey. It was a trek. This one. So, if you stayed with, well done. And just to round out the first statements I made in the beginning of the show, that just shows our ingenuity. Yes. Yeah. Little, I, little space whirly bird doing its thing up on Mars, still holding strong. I guess I missed that part, and I'm glad. I'm kidding. I kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell Ingenuity you said that, Kirk. All right. It, it's programmed to not love. <laughs> not if the astronaut or not if the engineers have anything to do with it. They're probably going to make me cry when that thing finally goes out. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. We will move on. There you right. go. Yeah, let's close her out. Let's wrap her up. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, John, uh, anything to add to the podcast before we close it out? Nope. Very, very distinct. Very, uh, very poignantly one worded tonight. That's all right. All right. I, let me give it the I'll, I'll one word boom shakalaka. All right. Go. Boom shakalaka. I don't think I can really top that. So for. Me, John, and Kirk. Thank you, everybody, for listening again to episode 45. Can't wait for episode 46. Uh, everybody, can't wait to see you hanging out here next Friday. Uh, go boldly, friends. <laughs>